You can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. Hey, guys, where else would you rather be? Welcome into Hour 2 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. And now your host, the Big Dog, Rick Watson. People are taking the time to thank me about the uh, first hour. No, thank you. You're the ones that have made it so much fun. It is. It's great. I hope it makes your day a little better. It makes mine uh, a lot better. Real quick, because I've had seven people want me to tell the Vanilla Ice story, because I didn't do that. We were sitting in the airport in Roanoke, myself, Drew Dickerson, and Jeff Klepp, and we were headed to New Mexico with Radford Basketball. This was around 2003 or four, And uh, we look over, and we see this guy, and he has tats, and he looks like Vanilla. And I remember Drew Dickerson going, hey, look, that guy looks like Vanilla Ice. And I went, no, he doesn't look like Vanilla Ice. That's Vanilla Ice. <laughs> so we're all sitting there debating it. And I just watched a couple weeks before his Behind the Music. And he talked about, you know, losing all the money because he stole under pressure without you. And I was like, I'm going to go say hi. What? I said, what the hell? We're sitting in the airport. So I go up to him and like, hey, what's up, Ice? <laughs> And he turns around, he was on his phone, and he turns around, and he's just the nicest guy. He comes over to where we were sitting. Klepp was having coffee. I think Drew was, too. And we were just talking about his music. We talked about Under Pressure, and we talked about everything. He was the nicest dude. He had just played Burris Hall at Virginia Tech, and he was in the airport heading back that morning. We were there that morning, and there was Vanilla Ice just sitting there by himself. True story. What year was this? Do you remember? I want to say like three or four, something like that. It was when we went to Albuquerque. We were on our way to Albuquerque to play in that New Mexico tournament at the pit. Something like that. Clep, if you're listening, let me know the year that was. He'll know. Clep knows. He keeps track of things like that. But anyway, and there was Vanilla Ice, and he started talking about how he was getting into real estate. And yeah, and then he had the show right down in Florida, flipping houses and all that. And he was just talking about that, that he and his wife – we're going to start getting into that business. And then, boom, it happened. TV show. And, uh, and then there he was. But he was, and he was more interested in what we were doing and about Radford. He was asking about, talking about how much he loved sports. But we probably talked to Vanilla Ice for like 45 minutes <laughs> just sitting there in the airport. That's very cool. I'm, I'm Googling Vanilla Ice Burris Hall. See when he played. coming up. Yeah. So. Clep will let me know if he's listening. Well, you know what's interesting is sometimes sometimes you get obscure tech trivia like that, and people have actually talked about it on our message boards. Yeah. And if you Google it, the message board link will come up. That's really cool. That's really cool. I'll ask people on the message boards. Yeah, let me know about when he was over at Tech, because that's when we called him at the the airport. Yeah. 
Will Stewart in studio. I digress. Will Stewart in studio with us. How are you, man? Good morning. 2006, I'm being told. He was there in 2006. I knew it was around that. So now the peeps are chiming in. All right. All right. There we go. So that's interesting. He was still doing music like 13 years after. Yeah. Or more after the. That's what he was talking about. And he was surprised. He, there was a, he was putting out a new album at the time. Didn't he try a different genre? Yeah, he tried to do some yeah. different stuff, but he goes, people, I was, he goes, I'm still making money. People want to hear the old stuff. We have a new band. He was telling us all this stuff, and yeah. he was really excited. Yeah. And he was showing us pictures of his wife and his kids, and they were beautiful, and his wife's gorgeous. It was just, it was really cool. So so my wife watches, like most wives, watches a lot of HDTV and those reno shows and stuff like that. And and if, if you're not legit, she'll shut you down really quick. So she, I remember she watched his show, and... And she was like, "Man, he's pretty good." That's what. Yeah, he had a plan. He was all into it. He said his wife was doing it all. She was the smart one. They'd hired this firm. He goes, yeah. "I'm letting her do it. I'm going to be around. They want me around, obviously, because of my." I guess I get it. And he goes, "She's really smart." And you're right. I watched the show. And I'm like, "That's exactly what he was talking about to us in the airport." Yeah, the, the thing my wife will sniff out really quick is if they're uh, um, redoing houses with crap materials, yeah, just cheap stuff. So she's all over. She'll know. Yeah, She'll yeah, know. She figures that out quickly. And, <laughs> And I, and I think that uh, Robert Van Winkle was uh, using good materials Absolutely. When, he, when he redid houses. Well, what started the whole thing, when I watched the VH1 thing, he had a certain tattoo. I can't remember what it was. And when the guy held up his arm, he was on the phone, and he was kind of rubbing his hair. I saw that tattoo, and that's when I went, no, that's that's Vanilla Ice. Oh, okay. That's yeah. how the whole thing got started. But anyway, how so, are you? So I'm, I'm good. Speaking <laughs> of behind the music, there was a Def Leppard behind the music where one of the concert clips, uh, one of their guys was wearing a Virginia That's Tech right. T-shirt. That's right. Was yeah. that when they were down in Roanoke, I guess, maybe? Could be. Um, uh, gosh, and that reminds me of uh, one time uh, my, I got a big group text with my college buddies, and one time I discovered a uh, – a Van Halen concert clip where somebody in the front row had a Virginia Tech shirt on, and Van Halen That's cool. played Roanoke. Yeah, That's awesome. Uh, back when Roanoke used to get some good concerts. Oh, my gosh. Saw them both times down there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Africa. Yes. The, the lyrics to Africa. Let me ask you something. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I looked up the lyrics because, you know, uh, people who are totally really into music, you know, they know the lyrics really well. Sure. There are, there sure. are a few things where I wonder exactly what they're saying. All right. What Let we me got? ask you about the, and, and, of course, lyrics online are often wrong. I know. They're just guessing. Because, because somebody gets it wrong and then everybody just copies And they them. run with it. Yeah. Right. So this line, I know that I must do what's right as sure as Kilimanjaro. What's the rest of it? I don't I'll know. tell you what I thought it was. I don't know. That's a good question. I thought it was as sure as Kilimanjaro rises like a leprous above the Serengeti. That sounds right to me. But what is online in this particular source I'm looking at, as sure as Kilimanjaro rises like rises like Olympus above the Serengeti. So oh, ask, the, ask, the really? Peeps, really? ask the peeps which one they think it is. Because I always thought they were singing rises like a leprous. Okay. Well, we'll put that out there. Yeah. I don't know. All right, so now I'm getting articles sent to me about Vanilla Ice <laughs> <laughs> in Burris. Uh, this is cool. Uh, yeah, there we go. There we go. Somebody stop. Elaborate, okay. <laughs> listen. Vanilla Ice nice. tackles Burris stage. So yeah. Why, why did I not get yeah. that when I Googled it? What's the date on it? <sighs> November 9th. 2006. There you go. That there was you. that was at the beginning of our season. Matter of fact, that was our first trip. There you go. 
So whoever sent that in wins a coveted no prize. Yeah, that's right. That would be Wayne from Ohio, of course. He's my. He's kind of like my unofficial information producer. So, so what's Wayne's connection? Did he used to live here and then he moved to Ohio? Yeah, he's just Wayne from Ohio. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he's a big tech guy. He graduated from tech. He's all about tech sports, and yeah, he just keeps listening to the show. Right. So we love it. His wife Carol. Very cool. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Oh you know, my you know, depending upon where you live in Ohio, it's not that long of a drive from from Ohio to here. Um, it's within the six hour radius, so that can be done. Is that his wife wearing a Virginia Tech sweatshirt? Who uh, ice? Oh no, dude, that's a uh, who's that? That's Britney Spears. Is that Britney Spears wearing a Tech sweatshirt? She dated a guy who uh, either went to or graduated from Tech for a while. And oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. So, so yeah, there's the, there's a tech. Guy. <laughs> Each of the peeps just sending me stuff now. Yeah. So so Britney Spears, okay. there is a picture of her wearing a Virginia Tech sweatshirt. It's not photoshopped, mm-hmm. and it's also one of the fat heads at basketball games. Is okay. You can check out the Look Britney at you. Spears. That's, see how it all ties t-shirt. together. That's great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's the Vanilla Ice story. Great dude, by the way. He just seemed like a really good dude. Yeah. Talked about the death threats that he got. He, he told us about when you being a white rapper at the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. He said, I had to dodge people all the time. Man. He <laughs> said, I had the most security of any musician in the world. He was making fun of it at the time, but he had a great sense of humor. Shay with the gauge of a mm-hmm. with a nine. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I would, I would have immediately asked him, well, were you packing? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure it had to be, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's more people packing out there than you think. Oh, there's no question. Yeah. No question. Like, you know, you and I both know people who are attorneys, you know, and attorneys will tend to, you know, because yeah. you never know when a previous client or somebody you sent to jail is going to get mad at yeah, you. There's no question. Yeah. Go out and take your test and get your personal carries permit. That's the best advice I can give people. Yeah. yeah seriously. I mean, it really is. It really is. All right. The Tech Women last night get a win. Um Georgia was back. They're starting to play a little bit better. They have some defensive um, deficiencies. They, they got a couple more games. I think they're going to handle Syracuse. I don't think that's going to be. A I don't know. I, I didn't realize problem. till last night. And Syracuse is number one in the ACC. They're playing now, well. I don't know who they played. I yeah, yeah. They had a they got, they got a former players to coach and some new mindset. There's, there's something there. like seventeen and two overall and seven and one in the ACC. Some some crazy record. So. Uh, We'll see. I mean, playing basketball in the dome isn't as bad as playing football. No, not at all. Not yeah. at all. Where do you so, put the tech women right now? I, I mean, they're. I mean, Liz is playing great. They seem. I don't know what the word. A little disjointed when I watch them. They're defensively not very good right now. And Kenny Brooks has said the same thing. Yeah, and I, I don't know that that's going to fix itself. Um, I agree. You know, because of so many players on the team being transfers. Um, it takes time to gel, and that, that that that's going on around college basketball because you know they they brought back the big three, but everybody else is playing for the first time, yeah. so they're still trying to yeah. figure stuff out. And now, one thing Kenny Brooks did last night that I'm not sure he's done it all season is he started Olivia Samil instead of Rose Mishaw, and Samil almost had a double double. Um, so I wonder if that is going to be a thing moving forward. Um, as far as the defensive thing goes, you know, uh, Taylor Soul and Keanu Trailer were, were so they, – they were the underrated keys to last year's They're team. missing them both so badly, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, you know. And one, one player I really like is I really like Matilda Eck, but she um, doesn't have the, the pure foot speed. She's just a three-point shooter. 
I mean, she, you know, that's she what can, she... she can drive. She's not fast driving to the bucket, but she can get a line to the basket, and, and she takes good care of the ball when she does that. She doesn't put the ball out there where you can get to it when she's driving to the basket. So, yeah, that's not what she's known for, not like Taylor Soul or even Trailer. You know? I think you nailed it right there. I think the defensive presence of those two kids being gone has not – he hasn't been able to find – the replacements. Uh, you know, last year was such a remarkable special season. You know, Liz Kitley's always Liz Kitley. Oh, yeah, especially in the ACC. There's very few people who can even approach matching up with her in that and, league. And Georgia Amor just last year just turned it up for the last month or two. And then you got Trailer and Soul filling in. Yeah. And, again, that, that part of the operation was really underrated. Their chemistry down the stretch last year was off the it, charts. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. And, and, you know, you, you watch them now, and they got some players that are trying to figure things out. I know Rose Mishaw is just really trying to figure things out. Um, and you don't want to rely on a freshman for a lot, but, you know, you can see Carly Wenzel figuring things out. You can see Kenny figuring out how to use them, you know. Um, he's, he's done some I, – I think that – I think they perceived Carly Wenzel as a point guard, and I'm not sure that's her future. Um, yeah. You know she's she's got good good foot speed and all foot speed and all that and I think can be a better three point shooter than she is right now. But uh, you know they've they they play suffering at the point some. She had a rough night last night. <laughs> Turned it over, got scored on. I think it just immediately got pulled from the game. <laughs> You're done. Yeah, yeah so. <laughs> You're on the bench. You're so on anyway, the bench. they're they're. I don't see them as a Final Four team, you know, unless things gel over the last, what, month and a half of the season, you know? I agree. Yeah. No, I agree. And let me ask you this, because I got, I got some pushback. And I wasn't being mean about it, and I'm not trying to minimize what kind of a season they might have. But if they don't go back to the Final Four, given the money that was spent to keep the roster intact, it's going to be a disappointing season. Even if they go to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, this team, particular team, was paid for to go back to try to win a national championship. True or false? There's, there's a lot of truth in that. Good things can still come out of what's happening because part of what's happening is uh, attendance this year is well, – they're averaging five or 6,000 a game now. I don't know what they were doing earlier in the season. Yeah, I don't either. People don't really go in. But – you know, so they're building the fan base for the future. Um, if you want to talk specifically about this year, that's the problem when you achieve things at a high level mm-hmm. is you've now reset the bar and everything else is Absolutely. perceived as a quote-unquote disappointment. And I remember uh, – I tell this story all the time. I remember the 95 Sugar Bowl um, when Virginia Tech went down there and won the Sugar Bowl and beat Texas. And for you youngins, that was a big deal. It's, these, it these launched days, the whole thing. These yeah. days they've got the playoff and they've got the quote-unquote New Year's yeah. Six. And it's not, the, the Sugar Bowl was a huge oh, deal. Oh, it was massive, massive. And I remember after that game was over, it was just a pinnacle of the best season in Virginia Tech football ever at that point in time. And I remember standing in the Superdome. I hung around as long as I could. I, I bet. Until they kicked me out. I bet. But I remember standing and looking around the Superdome and thinking, there's not a whole lot more they can do than this. They've gone ten and two, won the Big mm-hmm. East, won the Sugar Bowl. The only thing left to do is play for a national championship. And I thought to myself, "Well, that'll never happen." <laughs> and yet, <laughs> a few years later, and here four they years are. Later, it did. <laughs> um, so, but anyway, that's that's the problem with setting the bar that high. So, one of the things I've been thinking about lately, when I watch the young players, uh, Wenzel, Karis Baker, Clara Strack, Suffren. Um, 
uh, you know, and, and that's that's the crew that's with them right now. When I look at them and they're coming back next year, the the mm, I don't like to use the word pressure, just but there is going to be pressure on that group of players next year after Liz is gone and uh, um, Kayla King is gone and <clears throat> and Georgia. You know, Georgia can come back next year if she wants to. I don't know if she's going she won't. to. She won't. But but there'll, yeah. there'll be a lot of pressure on that next generation of girls, yeah, not absolutely. just from an on-the-court performance standpoint, but a personality standpoint. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It's, what, it's the Bonnie Hendrickson syndrome she used to talk about. Yeah, and so so not only do you have to try to match their on-court performance, you have to try to be as popular. Let's get right down to be as popular, you know. Like everybody – Everybody loves Georgia so much, and and I th- I think what personifies Georgia is a game or two ago when she airballed the three pointer. Uh, I think it was in Castle, maybe even against NC State. It's a high stakes game. She airballs a three pointer and laughs about it because that's how confident she is and how she plays, you know. And then they go out and win the game. That's that's Georgia Amor, and people respond to that stuff and love that stuff, you know and. Well, I lived in this world, so I can talk. I mean, I lived through this with Bonnie after the Sweet 16, similar, right? You're in the Sweet 16, taking on Shamiqua Holesclaw. Yeah. You're not going to win that game. They yeah. played them tough, not going to win that game. But Bonnie immediately said, look, now we've got just what you said. We've got the bar now. we got to be able to go ahead and we got to go beyond this. They never could. And then her frustration grew with Jim Weaver and everybody administration, and administration. And then she went to Kansas. Well, Women's basketball. And I only follow on the players' lead peeps who say, you know, this, oh, you can't say they don't get to the Final Four. Georgia and, and Liz and, and um, uh, King, they all said, look, we lost this year in the Final Four. We plan on being here again. This is uh, We're going to be back here. So this is the players' mindset. This isn't me just coming up with this. They're right. In their minds, I don't care what is said publicly, if they don't go back to the Final Four, none of those players are going to leave Tech and feel like they did what they needed to do. That's, that's just the way it is. I'm sorry. Yeah. Man, I, I was at a bar last night with a buddy. He, he's in town this weekend, and, and it was a, we were at McLean's in Blacksburg, and one of the TVs was replaying the LSU-Iowa National Championship game. Yeah. And I told my buddy, I said, you know, if they could have just held on to that lead, Tech, that they had at the end of the third quarter over LSU, they could have won the National Championship. Yeah, they yeah. could have beaten Iowa. Because South Carolina was out, and they wouldn't have matched yeah. up at all with South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. The, the the matchup with Iowa would have been good. It would have. Yeah, and last the, year. Yeah. And I, I remember saying at the time, they need a National Championship game with Georgia Amor and Caitlin Clark in it. Yeah. Because the way Georgia was playing at the time. Yeah, at the time she was playing – as well as almost as well as Kayla, to be honest with you. Yeah, so I had I had this dream where Tech played Iowa for the national championship. Caitlin Clark scored forty points, and Georgia Amor scored forty, and everybody's like, "Who's this?" You know? <laughs> right, right. Georgia Tech wins, and Georgia Amor is the the darling of women's college basketball. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, she is around here anyway. Yeah. All right, good stuff. We've got uh, Will Stewart in studio. We'll look at the men a little bit. They're starting to maybe show some signs here, and the enigma that is Sean Padula. The turnover, self-proclaimed turnover machine. <laughs> He's just picking up where Justin must yeah, yeah, That's true. That's true. <laughs> More coming up with Will from Tech Sideline. Stay with us. Will's now got me kind of addicted to the Mammy Vice team again. <laughs> Thank you. Up. This is good, man. 
All right, so we're going to come back more with Will Stewart. He's in studio. He's got some numbers about tech turnovers, assists on the men's side. And maybe they've changed their season around a little bit. I expect they'll win again tomorrow. And then uh, see how they fare on the road. More coming up. Will Stewart in studio. We're going to let Jan Hammer here take us into the break. We'll be back. And I'm just going to say that it's not hyperbole. Weird Al is a national treasure. He really is. Good call here. I've never seen the video. Oh, the video is awesome. It, it really is. I mean, I, I, it is. So the, the video's got Key and Peele in it. An early Key and Peele appearance. And those guys. Where he's uh, where he's mowing his lawn in the beginning, and there's cool. some gangsters in the car. It's Key and Key and Peele. Yeah. And then later in the video, it's hilarious. He's got uh, Donny Osmond dancing around. <laughs> it is so funny. Donny Osmond just engaging in some self-parody. <laughs> I just appreciate so much people who don't take themselves too seriously and have self-awareness and have fun. That's that's what it's all about. And Weird Al is the personification of that. You know, uh, if, you, uh, if you've never heard uh, King of Suede. Yeah, weird out. yeah, yeah. Pull good. that one up, man. That's that's really clever. And you know, it, like the very the very early Weird Al stuff, he did. Uh, he took Madonna's "Like a Virgin" and did "Like a Surgeon," but that was the joke. The rest of the lyrics weren't good. No. And where he really turned it up was was when like King of Suede is an early example Correct. of yes, very clever lyric writing, and very closely mimicking the music. And the the vocals, and uh, you know, it's not just the songwriting ability of Weird Al. It's he's got very good vocal ability. Yeah, he really does. He, he has a he has a he can he has a voice that can do a lot of different things. And he can play instruments. I mean, he's. I tell you what, the uh, American Pie Star Wars parody is one of the most brilliant things. If you listen the way he through the whole when they remade the horribly remade the uh, the first one, Phantom Menace, and he does the whole video. I don't know. It's just like wow. Yeah, so good. He uh, that you know, uh, um, American Pie is is one of those that when you finally do it, you better do it right. And he he finally did it, and he did it right. It's yeah. a, it's a really cl- it's it a really good. clever song. It is great. It's yeah. great. Good dude. Good artist. Fun artist. And yeah. All right. Um, Tech men now. Two wins in a row. I mean. I mean, I've, we've had people all this week say they think they're going to beat Duke. They do that. Five out of six, they've beaten Duke at Castle. Yeah. Uh, going into that Boston College game, you know, 
ran the stats and Mike Young had beaten, there's one team in the ACC he'd beaten twice. Everybody else he's beaten three or more times. And that includes Duke, Duke. and UNC. Yeah. And, you know, there's that clip that's making the rounds where they were asking, the ACC network was asking men's basketball players, where's the toughest place to play in the conference? And they named NC State and they named yeah. Duke. And a couple of them even named Syracuse. And then the end yeah. of the clip is a bunch of basketball players going, Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech. There you go. But it starts with Armando Baycock saying, you know, Duke and Virginia Tech. He said, you know, Virginia Tech's a place I've never won it at Virginia Tech. Armando Baycott's never won a basketball wow. game in Black. And he's been there 14 years. Who knew? Yeah. Isn't it 15? Yeah, 15. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is 15. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but that, that win at NC State, uh, this is why I don't bet because I thought for sure they'd get smoked in that game. Because NC State is, is a bad matchup there athletic. But they've won now, what, three times in a row there? Is that right? Some, it's something like I saw they've had they well, let's put this they've had more success than anybody recently in there. Yeah, and and of course it, it goes back to uh when they played that infamous or famous forty seven to twenty four game down there. <laughs> and I remember that week, that was the game after Justin Robinson got hurt. Yeah. And he, he hurt his ankle and he wasn't gonna play. And NC State was pretty good, and Virginia Tech did not have a backup point guard. Buzz's rosters were thin and he had no backup point guard. He had a bunch of uh, threes and, and twos and threes, but he didn't have a lot of fours, fives, and ones yeah, on his yeah. team. So Robinson gets hurt, and I remember saying that week, man, NC State's going to kill Tech. And <clears throat> went to the BW3s in Blacksburg to watch it, and NC State couldn't hit the broadside. They couldn't hit anything. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so at halftime, State's got like 14 points, you know. And I'm like, well, they're not going to shoot that bad in the second half. And they shot worse and scored 10 <laughs> points in the second half. The Tech won, won at 47-24. So it reminded me of that. I had that same feeling like, oh, man, Tech's going to get crushed down in Raleigh. And they didn't. They went down and they they it's a good played, game. A, played a really yeah, good game. really good game, yeah. And the yeah. defensive game plan on the big fella, D.J. Burns, was good. Former Winthrop Eagle. Oh, yeah? D.J. Burns. Yeah, he was in the Big South for uh, three years. He's listed at two seventy five. There's no way he's, he's about three fifteen. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a big dude. He's yeah. a big dude. Yeah, but he was good in our league. But um, he's done a lot. But I didn't think he'd have the success he's had in the ACC. To be honest with you. He, um, you know, Virginia, the way Virginia Tech defended him was they doubled him, but not right away. They waited for him to start moving with the ball, and then they doubled him. And so apparently, if you double him right away, he'll pass out of it. But if you wait. He struggles once he starts making his move, and you double him, he struggles to do anything yeah. with the ball. So, yeah. so that was a big key, and State didn't shoot very well. You know, they were in the midst of an 0-for-16 three-point shooting streak from outside, and, man, everything just went Virginia Tech's way. And then late in the game, oh, man, I put it on my Twitter feed, so so give me a second to find it. I think, I think David Cunningham, for us, tweeted that um, Virginia Tech – didn't miss a shot in the last nine minutes. Um, so let me pull up what I posted about that. I got to scroll through my red panda tweets. <laughs> okay, we got to talk about the red panda's appearance. So uh, if, you, if you go to the, the the 753 mark in the second half of that NC State game to the 220 mark, so that's five minutes and 33 seconds. Tech went on a 24 to seven run. They went seven of seven from the field. Three of three from outside, seven of eight from the line, and didn't turn it over. 
You're going to win a lot of games like that on the road. Yeah, and they went from being down 54-51 to being up 75-61. So, yeah, 24-7 run that sealed the game. Um, and NC State was either 4-1 and or 5-1 and in the ACC and had some good wins, including stomping Virginia down there. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, it, it must be getting to be a thing for the NC State fans where they're like, what is up with the way we play against Virginia? Yeah, we're not going to win this game. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so then you then you go into the Boston College thing, and Mike Young hasn't won a single game against. He's zero and five against Boston College, after having beaten every other team in the ACC at least twice, most of them three or more. And so anything can happen against BC, and turned out to be a tough ball game. You know, Tech, it was. Tech got out front and stayed. They're out a lot front. better. They're, head, they're they've got a good head coach now. It's not showing in the record yet. No, you know, but it will. It will. Because he's yeah. a portal, he's an embracing the portal guy. I saw some of his comedy. He'll get some guys in there. They'll... Yeah, yeah. He's he's generally highly regarded as a coach, and and they just, you know, they they hung around and hung around and hung around. Boston College did, and it took a sixteen or sixteen performance from the free throw line for Virginia Tech to win that thing. And Hunter Couture was fired up after winning that game, and you know the the clock runs out and he's fired up and I'm like why is he so and I thought why is he so fired up and I thought to myself well he's never beaten Boston College mm-hmm. either there's nobody on the floor that's beaten yeah, Boston it's just College last go around at the castle against them so yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, I get it and that's a big win and it pushed them to four and four and uh, you know some of the folks on our message boards are like oh I think they can win three out of the next four you know, just, pump, just pump the brakes hang on yeah, yeah, yeah I, I don't hang know on. about that hang um, on because this team is. And this is a truism really across basketball. This team is beholden to how they're shooting. You know, you got to put the ball in the basket. <clears throat> Some teams can win with defense and rebounding. That's, that's not really Virginia Tech. They have to shoot well, you know, and there'll be games like they shot so well in that NC State game. There'll be games where they won't shoot well, you know. Yeah, they, it's going to happen. And they you can't shoot well overnight. And you know, like, what the heck was that against Virginia? Where number one, they didn't they didn't play well. Number two, they couldn't defend that that action. I don't know what it's called, where UVA was using a screen to get layups over and over and over. And that offense had struggled so much going into the Tech game. UVA's offense, yeah, yeah. It was just one of those matchup. That's what basketball. It's just some. It's weird. Now, now, despite all that, I didn't think they'd win at UVA. No, they, they just it, don't. It felt like UVA was ready to yeah. make get a yeah. big win, and it was now, a big win for them. Now, I do think they'll beat UVA and Castle. Uh, I'd be surprised if Tech doesn't win that. Yeah, one. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so, I, there are very few teams. There's only like there's only one team in the league. Will that? I mean, Carolina is different right now. Carolina yeah, yeah. has went to a level that. We haven't seen them go under driven, Davis driven by since their the first defense, year. yeah, and yeah. driven by. It's weird. R.J. Davis has been so hot and cold throughout his career. I know, I know, career-wise, he's got big numbers and he's playing really well right now. But there aren't a lot of instances where R.J. Davis, for example, has played well against Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. You know, but yes, they are. They're just a level above everybody else right now. They're all when we play. We opened up down there, Radford at Carolina, talking to their people and talking to Jones Angel, the radio guy. They're just so glad that Caleb Love's gone. Like I was asking about that, you know, because he just was a detriment. Or to maybe that Love whole is the maybe thing. Love is the one I'm thinking about. He went to Arizona, and they were just like, "Look, we removed. It was addition by subtraction. It's all they would say, but just trust us. He was a 
He wasn't the guy that was going to help Carolina get back, and now look, he's gone, and they're having this. I know, amazing. Sometimes it so is. Sometimes they were right. It is addition by subtraction. It is. It um, is. But it, yeah, I, I think I may have actually been talking about uh, about him, Caleb Love, instead of R.J. Davis when I was talking a minute ago. Yeah, yeah. So well, makes sense. I, don't, it, I you know I don't have the schedule in front of me. I don't know when and where Tech plays UNC, but <laughs> let's see. I got it right here. I had it. I had it queued up because I knew we were going to. They play at Carolina, February fourth. So it's getting close. You got the game at Syracuse. No, wait a minute. That's the women. My bad. Hang on just a second. Yeah, that's the women, which is also a big game because uh, the Tech women. Oh, I mean, they got they got a tough stretch coming up. Carolina women are are pretty darn good too yeah. uh, this year. The whole ACC's got some. Uh, Good stuff to it, say the least, in terms of its uh, depth. So you got the women's side that's going to go about eight or ten teams deep, and I keep hearing the men's sides only going to get three or four. I don't, I don't believe that. I know that's what people are saying. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's true. ESPN's ballyhooing of the nah, SEC is coming to fruition. All right. So Georgia Tech tomorrow. That's going to be a win. It should be. Georgia Tech's better, but then Duke. I think they could win that they, one. They could win that one. At Miami, at Notre Dame. Miami's struggling right now. Notre Dame's yeah. rebuilding, new coach. But Miami flexes on Virginia Tech. Yeah, they've always played well, it seems like. Yeah. At Flor- uh, Florida State, back in Castle on the 13th, and then at Carolina on the 17th. There you go. Hmm. February 17th. That's manageable if they keep playing as well as they've been really playing. It really is. Yeah. The, the margin of error for this team is very small, you know. So. Yeah, that's true, too. It is. And the the – thing about winning at NC State was 20 turnovers, and they still won the game on the road. You know, that that's not going to happen yeah, very often. Yeah, right. You know, going back to Sean, I mean, I know he's – Bill Roth called him the heart and soul of the team, but I think that's more of a Hunter Couture because we know what it's like when Hunter's not out there to be the defender that he is. Yeah. Sean is – you know, they need his scoring. He's, he's really he, – he's taking the responsibility when Hunter's been hurt, but – those turnovers. And he says, look, I'm handing the ball over. You know, he, he knows, but he just can't fix it. Six more of them. Yeah, so uh, so last year the assist leader for the Hokies was Justin Mutz, 152 assists. He was also the turnovers leader for Virginia Tech with 93. Mm-hmm. So Mutz's assist-to-turnover ratio was about a 1.5. Um, now, Padula last year had 71, let's see, 130 assists and 71 turnovers, 130 and 71. So that's that's almost a two-to-one ratio. Still a lot. And so one of the things that is different about this year, let me pull it up, Padula has 75 assists. He's already got 65 turnovers. Mm. So in 17 games, he almost has as many turnovers as he had in the entire season last year. There you go. And his ratio, so his ratio is 75 to 65. It's barely over one. Um, you know, you'd prefer to see him not turn it over all that much. And and some people make the point that, you know, Padula does push it a lot. And he'll go into the middle and take some shots which are like turnovers because they're not good shots. Yeah. I think he's gradually getting better at at decisions on when to go in and, you know. <laughs> but he's he's the one guy on the team. Now, Hunter's all, Hunter also fits in this category where, you know, some sometimes he makes shots and you just shake your head like, wow. I know. You know? know. Um, So he's a a playmaker. Um, I I agree that Hunter is more the heart and soul of the team. That's just the way it's going to be until he 
exit stage left, and you know you'll have Padula back next year. But um, I, I did not foresee the focus of the offense this year being Padula like it is. Um, so let's look at shot attempts. Give me a second. He's got 213 attempts, and Hunter has 148. And I didn't see that. I thought Couture would be involved in the offense more. But you see opposing defenses really focusing on Hunter. On yeah. He's got to work his butt off to get over. He does. It's going to help him at the next. I think he's got a shot to play in the next level because of the way he defends. A lot of people don't. I don't know whether – I think he's going to get an invite to an NBA camp, Hunter Couture, because yeah. I think he's got some stuff about him that can develop. Well, I also think – and I, don't, I haven't heard Mike Young talk about this this year. He's talked about it in the past, but I think – there, there was a game recently, I can't think of it, where clearly the focus was on Couture playing defense. Mm-hmm. I think he had one or two shots in the first yeah. half. And he, he he loves it. Yeah. He loves it. He's, he he doesn't complain about it. You know, So so interesting, Couture's actually third on the team in attempts. Lynn Kidd is 157. So I didn't see that. I thought Couture would have a bigger scoring role this year, but you know, Mike Young knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Hunter's an unselfish dude. I, I hope he gets a shot. I know he'll play – overseas anywhere he wants i mean he'll get that kind of he'll make some money but i'd like to see him get a look or two at a camp see if he can stick in the nba i think he needs to take his shot at the nba and and i would recommend to him that he does play overseas because he he wants to be a coach they talk about all the time that's his future is coaching if jj reddick could make it in the nba then hunter couture is a much better defensive player and the shooting capabilities aren't far off when in my opinion, now I'm I'm, I'm not a big uh, not a big Duke fan, not a big in, uh, NBA fan, but that did surprise me when JJ Redick um, turned himself into the kind of player that could have a long career in the NBA. I know, I know. It's it's weird. You never know. Like I thought Bimbo Coles was a really good player, but I didn't think he'd play 14 years in the NBA or yeah. whatever it wound up being. And I remember interviewing Bimbo one time, and I said, you know, what's what's the key to your longevity? And he said he said two things. He said defense. I played defense. He did. And number two, he said, when you play against me, I never let up. If I if you play against me for 30 minutes, it's going to be hard for you for 30 minutes. Whereas some of the higher-level guys will, you know, take plays off and things like that. He did. But yeah, yeah. that's why Bimbo hung around the league for so long. Um, good player, but a tough defender and an in-your-face guy. They knew when they brought him off the bench and put him in that he was going to dog the guy. Yeah, absolutely. Guard. He yeah. played so hard. He so, played so hard. That was such a great era coming out of my all-time favorite player, still Del Solomon. I remember being a little kid watching Del Solomon. I never, I never got to see him play because I was living like, in Charlottesville. Wow. Yeah, my brother got to see Del Solomon play because my brother went to Tech five years before I did, so he was there during Del Solomon's Man, career. And, I love Del Solomon. So anyway, you know Hunter Hunter's career is in coaching, but. I think that uh, going to Europe and playing in Europe, if he can't make it into the NBA, going to Europe and playing in Europe, it's a different sure. style of ball. Yeah. So G he'll, League, he'll, he'll, go, he'll go somewhere. He'll, he'll expose him to some different stuff. I think he's got to – I do. I think he can stick because of what we're talking about. He can. He obviously can shoot as well as anybody in the country when he's shooting well. I mean, and I think he just – he eats up the other end of the floor. He, he's gotten his, – his release has gotten quick. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He's, and, he's tough too. He's a physical kid. Yes, tough. Um, and doesn't get frustrated, Mm-mm. you know. Just Mm-mm. keeps playing and playing and playing. So yeah, he's got he's got some abilities and some intangibles. If if he can continue to to develop the three point shot, he's already got it out the NBA range. But oh, the yeah. thing I've really noticed this year is 
since he's such a focal point of the of the opposing team, he has really gotten good at, at catch and release really quick. Just that flick, man. Yeah. It's fun to watch. And, and for him to play any significant minutes in the NBA, he's going to have to get that shot He does. Quick. Yeah, he's got to get it done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Will Stewart in studio with us. We're going to take a break. Come back. Wrap it up here in hour number two. That's what we did all the first hour. We shook our booties to all the great requests. We'll be back. Stay with me. too quick when I have Will Stewart in the studio. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. What are you trying to tell me about playing this? <laughs> well, we got a lot of sympathy for you, you devil, but <laughs> your hour's up. You know, think about it. It's one of my top three Rolling Stones songs. It's just what a, a great song. Oh, my God. I bet it caused an uproar at the time. Oh, it still does. People still talk about it, but it's just a play on the rock and roll life, yeah. but you know how it is. You know yeah. Well, great stuff from you, and I uh, hope you have a great weekend hey, in the warmer peep, weather. Do peeps figure, figure out if it's rising like Olympus or rising like a leprous? They uh, said Olympus. Huh, okay. The three people said Olympus. I'll listen to it closer so, next yeah. time. I don't know. I don't know the answer, so I'll take... The peeps are usually right about stuff like that. Yeah, so. yeah. Thanks to Will Stewart, Tech Sideline. We've got Jen and the birthday boy, Mike Ashley, back from Mexico. Mexico.